This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. In this world there's a whole lot of trouble, baby. In this world there's a whole lot of pain. In this world there's a whole lot of trouble, but a whole lot of ground to gain. Why take when you could be giving? Oh, I watch as the world goes by It's a hard enough life to be living Why walk when you can fly? Kiora, Talofa, Nihau Greetings, welcome Welcome to Quiet Minds Mental Health Radio Plains FM 96.9 Welcome to Quiet Minds. My name's Annie Southern, and today in the studio we have Francis Caldwell, who's come in to talk to us about creativity and the importance of creativity in her life for mental health and well-being. Welcome, Francis. Thank you. Hello. So, can you tell me a little bit about you as a creative being? Have you always been creative as long back as you can remember, or is this a, a recent thing that you've gotten into? Um, both, really. I always been creative but um, I never had the chance to explore visual creativity when I was younger. Um, I, I was into writing and acting and um, singing um, was my, more my outlet for creativity um, and then I ended up getting sort of involved in like normal work life <laughs> and um, I had was not creative at all for a long time um, apart from a few bits and pieces doing workshops here and there um, about with visual creativity and um, I've recently picked up um, doing visual art in, um, in the last couple of years and it's been awesome. So how did that come about? You've been obviously working in the in the business world or in everyday sort of um, corporate, was it? Or was it social services? What sort of uh, area Social was it? services, um, um, I, yeah. Um, I worked in mental health for about 10 years, um, mainly as a manager um, and an advisor and coordinator. And um, I... Yeah, got really into it, but I found it very, very stressful, particularly um, around the time of the earthquakes. Um, it became a really stressful area to work in, and I got really burnt out um, several times <laughs> and kind of got to the point where I was finding it really difficult to function. Um, and um, one day I, I was... Um, at work and I couldn't actually even process what people were saying to me. I was just so stressed and burnt out and um, people's voices were just sounding like and that just made no sense. Like they were talking English to me but I couldn't make sense of anything and I realised that I had to change my life. Um, it wasn't. I, I took a week off work but... I realised that it was more than that that I had to do. I had to like have a complete change of of, uh, but I didn't know what. I had no idea what 
I was going to do at all. Absolutely no idea. But I spent that week off doing a lot of writing and meditating and thinking and just really blocked everything else out of my life. And during that time, I happened to see a... Um, a scholarship advertised for an art school and I just it was a really strange thing for me to do but I I applied and um, I did have I had to have some works of art to present and I actually did have a few bits and pieces I didn't think much of them but um, that's all I had um, and I even missed the deadline but they let me um, they really kindly let me do it the next day. Um, and to my utter astonishment, I got awarded a scholarship. Um, and um, so that kind of set me on my path of studying art. Mm. So you had some bits and pieces. So obviously you had been doing some stuff. What were these kind of bits and pieces that you put together um, as a presentation? Oh, they were little, just like little um, watercolour flower paintings and collages of um like the one was a collage of Frida Kahlo pictures and music notations and it was just sort of random stuff that I'd done that kind of made me happy to do at the time Mm. um and I had done some um like a a few years earlier I had done a, a course um in uh, creative journaling with um, I've forgotten her name Katz the woman that did the illustrations for the donkey the book about the donkey um, okay yeah I've forgotten her name sorry Kat if you're listening um, <laughs> but she was really inspirational and um, I wanted to do a lot more with her but I because of my busy life I had to um just not follow up on that. A lot of people talk about that they think they've got a novel in them or some short stories or there's a creative thing they want to do with gardening or um, some sort of hobby and, yeah, life and work does get in the way, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, so creative journaling, so you yeah. did that a year before, pretty yeah. much a year. Oh, a couple of years yeah. earlier, yeah. Tell me a bit more about that. What, what's creative um, journaling? So create, it's creative visual journaling so different from writing which I'd done a lot of um so um Kat was somebody is somebody who had trained um at art school but she'd found herself really blocked and stuck and so she'd found a method of trying to free herself creatively by she'd just get a a, a book of with blank pages and just do lots of mostly watercolor um, and collaging and um, and listen to music while she was doing it and just try to get into a really creative zone and do lots of layering. Um, and so, yeah, she she was all about tapping into into a creative, not not judging what you're doing and not trying to be like draw something perfectly, but just really tapping into into that place where you can be creative. Um, And I think that's what I got inspiration from from her. 
I know mm. people often say, oh, I can't draw. And then you get yeah. some people train in a way that is just for people who have this particular ability to mm. copy or reflect mm. something in reality. And then there are those who say everyone can draw. Yeah. You know, everyone's got something in them in terms of creativity. So it sounds like that was in that vein. Was your um, diploma that you enrolled in similar to that? Did it have a similar kind of... Yeah, yeah, they have a really similar ethos, and I'd heard it's called the um, Learning Connection, and I'd actually they've been on my radar for a really long time, um, and I just had never followed through on my interest in it, but I sort of tracked them online, and um, and so they are all about um, the creative. They have a, the creative method and the creative spiral, so they're very much of a similar, coming from a similar place. Um, but I did actually learn to draw with them, so it's like you can do like real art. Yeah, what <laughs> some people, people call yeah, real, art, real yeah. art. But that was something that I really wanted to do because I'd always felt um, that. I mean, lots of people say I can't draw, and I was the same like I can't people say I can't sing I can't draw I can't do this that and the other but I think that I now think that drawing is something that you can learn like learning how to write because I I certainly couldn't draw to save myself and over the um over in my first year I had I was really lucky enough to have a mentor who um is a really um prize-winning draw he he draws and Mm. wins prizes for it and he talked me through the process and and lo and behold I learnt to draw. <laughs> so there's a formula, there's some yeah set ways of doing things and then on top of that you put your own creativity. It's a way you have to t- retrain yourself how to look at things mm-hmm. and then it's just practice and practice and practice and yeah. Cool. Yeah. So how did you feel? Did this is, You actually did this full time did you once you got the scholarship? This is what you no, did with yourself? No I chose to do it. Um, part-time because I knew I'd have loved to have done it full-time but I knew that I um, would have to earn money to survive Um, and I also chose to do it by distance as well rather than on site Um, sure it'd be great to be actually be there but just with the complications of life and having a house in Christchurch and everything and but in that first year that I did it, I was able to um, do a mix of on-site as well as distance because I happened to be, um, well, I could have done it from Christchurch, but I was in staying in Gisborne for that year while my house was being earthquake repaired. So it was made it easier. I had to come back to Christchurch quite regularly to check on the house. So um, I was able to stop off in Wellington and I'd do a, a week block course every so often and that um, that actually introduced me to something else that had been on my radar for a long time which is jewellery, making jewellery. Great, so drawing and making jewellery, that's that's brilliant. Um, I see you're wearing something at the moment, is that yeah, a ring that you made? It is, yeah, yeah both cool. those are rings that I made. So one is a kind of mosaic ring mm. and what's this other one that you've got on your finger? Um, it's a spinner, like, spinner ring. Yeah, it looks like it's got a moving piece. So yeah. So that's kind of like a fidget spinner, but it's a ring. Yeah, you can spin the um, the outer. It's a silver ring that's flared at either side, and then these inner rings, outer rings, the brass and the copper, you can spin them around. So if you're the kind of person that likes to 
fidget to feel calm. That's quite helpful, apparently, for people. That yeah, well, I'm, that. Aut- I'm autistic, so definitely that makes sense to me. That's mm. awesome. Yeah, so like your own pen clicker, but it doesn't make the noise that annoys people. <laughs> That's great. And is it the same as withdrawing? There's some set principles and ways of looking at jewellery and ways of um, constructing things from the beginning that, that all creative um, endeavours actually have this sense of set of principles about how you go about it. Is that true? Um, is this the sort of thing that you've been learning? I I'm not sure about that. The the jewellery is very like it's very technical. So um, initially, you really just have to learn um, technical stuff. Like when I first the first class I went to, I went in with absolutely no idea of what was realistic to make and. I ended up having to spend my first week um, making jump rings. Um, what are those? They're just like sur- basically wire metal circles, and you sold you, but you cut you cut them and bend them into a circle and solder them closed. It's a bit like you're on a factory line, <laughs> yeah, making yeah. rings for curtains yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that. It was like that, yeah. Um, but really, um, you do have to get that kind of um, practice under your belt before you sure. can then start to um, do stuff that you might have creative ideas about. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And what other things have you done? So you've done drawing, you've done jewellery. What other kind of things have you done? Um, so I initially I was interested in printmaking, um, and I still am. I really love prints. Um, but I struggled a bit um, with the technical part of that from by distance. Um, however, I was talking to one of the tutors about that the other on Zoom on a Zoom call recently, and she she's a she said that she will try and put together a class um, a Zoom class for distance students on print making. Um, like the other day, we had one on life. We had life drawing, so we're doing life drawing every day every once a week for about three weeks and it's um so we're there's an actual class happening in Wellington with the model um and we're there too with the camera. <laughs> I think it's wonderful how with all the lockdowns around the world this kind of hybrid thing has started mm-hmm. to happen where you're getting zoomed in. Some people are there, some people are zooming in and the mm-hmm. people are really stretching and, and putting these yeah. things in place now. That's awesome. So yeah. tell me how has this changed your life? How important has it been for you? Um, oh, it's just really. Um, I guess I didn't. I didn't know at the time, but now that I've got some time up, it's been about three years now since I started studying, and I've realised um, when I reflect on it that I, I'm no longer constantly looking for what to do with my life. Like I, I used to constantly say, I don't know what. To I st- I'm, I don't know what to do when I grow up, <laughs> like for decades, still saying that. I don't know what I'm going to do when I grow up. Well, now I don't say that anymore because actually I'm quite, I'm very, I'm content. You found it. Yeah, I'm really content. And there's a part of me that is angry and sad that I didn't um, do this, like follow this path from school because I, I start actually um, when I was, in third form, which I can't remember what that equates to in years um, now, but it's like your first year at high school. Um, I did, I was, I just did art, 
and loved it and did really well. And but I wasn't allowed to follow it through because my parents were had to had a set path for me in sciences. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I I wasn't allowed to follow that, and so I just forgot about it. Yeah, and then it resurfaced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine there is some grief, but also you did this for yourself. You took that time after burnout and considered this and took that brave yeah. step. Do you yeah. consider, would you say, I am an artist now? Is that something um, that you would say about I yourself? I sort of struggle to say that, but I I do sometimes allow myself to say it. The, the learning connection and the mentors are really great because they do encourage you right from an early part of the course to think of yourself as being an artist and they do a lot of um, like there's a lot of as well as all the mentoring and the creativity and the technical side of things there's also quite a lot of um, encouragement in terms of setting up what you need to practice be a practicing artist so, so it's more than just the craft it's actually yeah. how can you how do this yeah, how can I make this a assist? They call it. How do I make this a sustainable practice? So that, mm. um, yes, I've got, I've got. I'm going to have all the issues of earning a living and putting food on the table and time problems, etc. But how can I make this work for me? Given all of that, mm, as a, in an ongoing way, yeah. I remember back um, in Helen Clark's time, she had artists' benefits for a little while, yes, didn't she? I miss that. She was boat, very, she yeah. was minister of the arts mm, as well, and so yeah. something like that would be quite cool. Oh, that would have been yeah, that would have been amazing. Yeah. Now you have exhibited. What did you exhibit? Um, I exhibited uh, jewellery and um, photographs and some drawings I think yeah some charcoal drawings and some big photos great so you've yeah. done photography charcoal um, yeah. pen and ink watercolor yeah oh and jewelry. mosaicing is another mosaicing. thing I'm really into I haven't um that was something I'd done um prior to doing the course and I really love doing yeah and i I've seen a piece of stained glass window oh, yes, work that you've right. done as yeah. well, which is yeah. just beautiful. I, I tried that back in the 90s, and I found that very hard. So mm. I was pretty impressed that was the first it, thing that you'd made. It is really hard. I've always loved stained glass. Um, and, yeah, just, like, really, really um, quite, oh, I don't know quite how to describe it, but really riveted to anything, any stained glass. And um, there's a place here in Christchurch where you can learn to make. Um, actually, she says don't call it stained glass. It's not stained glass. It's coloured glass and your lead lighting. Um, oh, so it's so, lead lighting, yeah, coloured yeah, glass. That's yeah, right. That's um, so. Um, yeah, so I did my the, the way that she teaches is you come along and you spend your first time learning how to cut, which is really difficult. Um, and I was really one of the worst in the class, so I had to do heaps of practice at home um, to learn to make the glass cut in the way I wanted it. And, um, and yeah, then she gets you to come up with a, um, a design and you get to do it. So I, that was very sad, like really hard, but also really satisfying. Mm. It sounds like you've got the learning connection and you're... You've got the the courses and that, but you've actually already 
you're still doing the learning connection, yeah, yeah. diploma, etc. But you've already expanded out to find ways to learn things outside of what they're teaching, such as stained glass. Yeah, well, they they encourage that, and they so that they encourage you to make connections in your own community and to take um, take classes, um, and which can count as part of like not if it was a NZQA um, thing that would be conflicting, but if it's if it's learning like through the the Trinity Glass or the other thing is I go to a jewellery studio um, once a week and work there as well. So um, that's, yeah, and that also counts as part of my course. And you told me there was a wonderful story to how you learned that this jewellery class was on because it's not an advertised one. How did, oh, how did this yeah, come about? Yeah, um, so I, I just come back to... Christchurch after being um, in Gisborne for the year um, and I was really not, I, I really wanted to carry on with the jewellery but I didn't know how I was going to make it work unless I went and lived in Wellington um, and I was, I went to the library, um, the public library here and got some um, went to get some jewellery books out because that was like the closest thing I could get to doing it. Um, because if you don't have all the, it's a lot of to- specific tools and equipment that's needed. And um, and there weren't many books. Like in Gisborne, there'd been heaps of really good jewellery books in the library, but here there weren't many. Um, so I went online and found some, and they were nearly all out. So I put a hold on a couple of them. And then I got an email from the librarian saying, I've never done this before, but um, the person who's got the books out that you want um, says no one's ever asked for them before and um, she'd like to meet you. (laughs) So um, she'd had them out sort of permanently because no one else wanted them. Um, And so, yeah, we ended up chatting and um, she invited me along to the studio that she goes to and, yeah... That's a wonderful story it of is. serendipity, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and they've just been the the women that go along there have just been so helpful to me, like really generous with their knowledge and um, equipment and everything. And you've come full circle in a sense because you've returned to mental health. Um, oh yes, and mm. uh, there's two recovery colleges in Christchurch in the mental health sector: one at Barnet House, and one's Reframe Wananga, run by Stepping Stone Trust. And your Facilitating art classes there, is that right? I am, yeah. So um, for about just over a year, maybe a year and a half, I've been volunteering um, at a Barnett House facilitating art for wellbeing classes. And that's been just fantastic. Just love doing that. And um, I'm, I've got a contract now also to do this um, art for wellbeing um, at an inpatient unit through Reframe Wananga. That's with young people? With young people, yeah, in the um, CAF inpatient, yeah. Well, that's awesome, actually, bringing art in. It's just so important, creativity. It clearly made a huge impact on your life. It's really helped. It's it's so helped me, and so I can really take it in there as, as an offering and say this is something that really helped me um it's not about trying to be a fantastic you know 
draw perfectly or do something perfectly, but this is just a yeah, a way to be creative. Being creative can be a way to help um, feel good for a while um, and less stressed. And you have lived experience. You can actually tell them the story of how mm. that's made a difference yeah. in your life and that uh, there's nothing like convincing people with your own story. True, yeah. 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 Thanks so much for coming and talking to me today, Francis. It's a, a wonderful story. It really inspires me and I hope that our listeners find inspiration from it to tap into whatever it is that uh, that they really have wanting to be to be doing, cool. whether it's creative or gardening or whatever it is. I really appreciate you coming in today. You're welcome. Thank you. This world, there's a whole lot of sorrow. In this world, there's a whole lot of shame. In this world, there's a whole lot of sorrow and a whole lot of ground to gain. When you spend your whole life wishing, wanting and wondering why, it's a long enough life to be living. Why walk when you can fly? You can download this and other Quiet Minds programs by going to plainsfm.org.nz and clicking on podcasts. This show repeats on Wednesdays at 10.30am. Thanks for listening. In this world there's a whole lot of cold. In this world there's a whole lot of blame. In this world you've a soul for a compass and a heart for a pair of wings. There's a star on the far horizon, rising bright in an azure sky. For the rest of the time that you're given, why walk when you can fly high?